everybody, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers. My name is John. I'm joined here by Jared, and we are ready to talk all things Marvel, all things cinematic, and all things universe. Um, we have a pretty good, good week of discussion lined up for you today. We've got a lot of a lot of news topics. Um, we took last week off, so we're gonna we're gonna hit a lot of the things that came up um, in the last two weeks, and um, we also have a discussion coming up of the phase four films and series so we're going to be giving our thoughts on every mcu property that's <laughs> upcoming that's confirmed we won't really be hitting anything that's rumored or, or anything like that this is only going to be confirmed films um, and then we also are going to hit our fan cast for ben Grimm, aka the thing to round out our our fantastic four slash dr doom casting that we've done in the last few weeks Next week, we should be battling it out for who we think will be the Fantastic Four and Doom in this case. Yeah, it's going to be going to be very exciting. So stay tuned for that. We're looking forward to to discussing that with you all. All right, Jared, how how has your week been going? Uh, it's been good. Um, the weekend itself has been a little disappointing in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, Friday, I played poker at a friend's house and didn't go so. It didn't go so well. I was drawing card dead for most of the night. Ended up losing <laughs> losing a lot of money. Um, and then you and I watched the the Pens game yesterday. Yeah. Which uh, resulted in a, in a. It was a pretty bad game overall. I yeah. would say. Yeah, it, afternoon games always kind of end like that. It's always a disappointment when it's in the, the playoffs, though. That's for sure. Then what did I do today? Oh, I went to the flea market today, picked up some stuff. Uh, funny enough, I picked up the first Avengers for a dollar on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. Yeah, That's yeah, we not were. Bad. Yeah, not at all. Uh, some friends and I were walking out and at, toward the end of it, and some guy was like, "Anything, anything I have is one dollar. I'm trying to leave. Anything I have is a dollar." I looked down and it was there. I'm like, is that a, really a dollar? He said, "Yeah." So nice. Took it. Well, that's a good add to the collection, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it it pays to wait sometimes, kids. Yeah. And uh, yeah. right before we started recording this, uh, I started watching Army of the, or I finished watching Army of the Dead oh. on Netflix. How was that? And I can't. I, Zach Snyder to me is just a clown. I <laughs> I can't take it. Like literally, I've I've watched a couple interviews with him this week uh, in preparation for Army of the Dead coming out, and he just. He's so unself-aware of himself that it's hilarious. Yeah, the, like like during those interviews, everything he he he's talked about in his career has pretty much come from. Hey guys, this sounds cool, doesn't it? And everyone and the producers <laughs> just respond with, "Sure, Zach. Sure, go ahead, do whatever you want. I fine. Here's two hundred fifty million to finish your project." And I just. I know army of the dead is supposed to be this like turn off your brain. You're not supposed to think about it. Fun time action zombie movie. So it's a zombie movie combined with a Vegas heist movie. And it's a good idea, but I, I couldn't do that. Like there's just, right. there's just, there's just so many things that just made me question why I'm sitting here for two and a half hours watching this. And one of them came at the very end. I, I don't care about spoilers on this, but <laughs> He chooses to play zombie by the cranberries as one of the final songs in, in the movie. And if you know anything about the history of that song, it's not, that's not what it's meant for. It's there's, there's so much history behind that song, why it was written. And it, it's not meant to go there. Yeah. It's like, he, it's like he writes these things and comes up with these ideas or adapts things but doesn't truly meet understand what they mean or where right. they come from. Uh, one of 
one of the uh i hate to throw in a snyder tangent here for a second but one of the uh quotes from the interviews i heard was i want to sit down with alan moore with a cup of tea and explain myself sir Alan Moore has wanted nothing to do with Watchmen for the past 30 years. <laughs> he hates it now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's I've, I've been on a Snyder tip this week. He entertains me, but he also frustrates me at the same time. Yeah, I get I, that. I, I did see that the best thing about him, and it's true, is his visual style. His stuff looks uh-huh. beautiful and gorgeous. But one of the best ideas I've heard from somebody is if he were to become a video game adaptation person, if he like think of God of war directed by Zack Snyder, right? Like something like that. We, pr- we pretty much got, got that in 300, but I, I think he would, I think he would be a good choice for to start adapting video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Anyway, see it. tangent over. Yeah. <laughs> so my week is pretty good. And I've started to get some nice weather. went on a nice trip last weekend. Um, I got some pool time in this weekend. That was always nice. It's always a good time outside, so yeah i feel like we skipped spring and went straight to summer yeah i think the last few years it seems like that's been happening like extreme cold directly to 80 <laughs> degree days yeah <laughs> yep um all right so i think with that let's uh let's kick it over to the news we have a, a decent amount to to talk about um the first thing here that <laughs> that we put on our list was the the venom uh let there be carnage trailer that was released um, very recently mm-hmm. overall my i mean my impressions of it are it looks like more venom uh, i'm happy they did away with the orphan annie wig for <laughs> cletus cassidy played by woody harrelson um <laughs> but yeah i mean we we really wanted to put it on here to, to briefly mention it because it seems some fans have micro analyzed it as they do with all trailers <laughs> and clips of anything comic book related thank you reddit for doing half of our job Yes, um, and dug up that there are um, some potential MCU connections here. Um, so the first one is, well, they're both actually from the same scene in the trailer. So there's a trailer of a reporter that is um, kind of sitting at a desk and, and reading a paper in their newspaper clips behind him. And one of the clips behind him seems to call out the Avengers. Um, oh. You can see n-g-e-r-s defeated by something okay it kind of you know avengers isn't spelled out but you can kind of be you can kind of imply that's what it is and the other thing is that the paper he's reading is the daily bugle but the logo for the daily bugle is the the logo used in the sam raimi films that's really interesting if they're gonna if they tie it into the mcu somehow take or take the supposed cameo in No Way Home, and tying it, t- tying everything in that way. That that's really interesting. Yeah, who knows? Honestly, I, I mean, it it might be just meant to establish it as kind of like a mismatch, mishmash type Maybe. universe. Like it's it's not Raimi, it's not MCU, but it's kind of its own thing. Um, well, I mean, this wouldn't be the first time that uh, the Spider-Man property has dealt with multiverses. I mean, we got into the Spider-Verse a few years ago, but even 20 years ago, they were dealing with multiverses. Right. Yeah, so we will see. I mean, what what were your kind of quick thoughts on the trailer? I don't know. I'm I'm iffy on it. I, I, I love the first Venom, and I feel like we're just getting a lot of the same in the second one. I love Andy Serkis, uh, but I don't I don't know. I'm I'm 50 50 on it. 
one of my I, I really did not like Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. I don't know why. It just felt the accent felt goofy. Like his <laughs> accent was too weaselly for me. And I, I I don't know. It just felt it was weird. It was a weird film. I did love the opening of the trailer though, where Eddie's just sitting at at the table drinking coffee and Venom is like or going around yeah. the kitchen making making breakfast. Like that's the stuff I loved about it. Where yeah, that was like, pretty cool. Like the character of Venom himself is supposed to be this uh, this sarcastic wise ass, and I, I, we're finally we're getting that. Uh, we got it in the first one. We're getting it again in this one, and I'm I'm excited to see where they go with it. Yep. Yeah, it should be interesting. So the second thing uh, that we've got to talk about are two new uh, pieces of marketing for Loki. So we got a new clip. Um, so let's talk about that one first. Um, it's basically a, a clip that seems to take place shortly after uh, Loki meets Mobius and Mobius, uh, who introduces himself as Agent Mobius, played by Owen Wilson. And that, that just seems like a great part. There's great banter between them. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a mention of the timekeepers as the the race of beings that establish the TVA. And we can see kind of their statues throughout the different trailers we've seen so far for Loki. But, I mean, they're basically space lizards as caught out in this clip <laughs> towards the end by, by Loki about how ridiculous it all sounds. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just kind of gives some insight and some to some great banter that we're going to get between um, Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. And it seems like every piece of marketing we've gotten from this show has really dug into that, the relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So this isn't going to be just a, just Owen Wilson being in a couple scenes. Like he's, he's, he's a main character and right. he's probably going to be essentially, I want to say the Nick Fury of the TVA, but like, yeah, I mean, it could be could be something like that. I, I get, um, I don't know if you've seen the Umbrella Academy, but there's an organization in that show that's very similar to the TVA. Okay. Um, and you know, it, I just get a lot of those vibes from this. I still just love the whole idea of a, of a bureaucratic office building acting as a, uh, acting as keepers of timelines. Mm-hmm. The sacred timeline, as, he, as Loki calls it. Yeah, I I would really recommend uh, checking out the Umbrella Academy. I think it's going to be sort of similar in that sense to Loki. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited. This clip got me even more excited for it. I like seeing that banter. And then the second piece of marketing we got for Loki was a teaser trailer that introduces Miss Minutes, who seems to be the the TVA's like Mickey Mouse-esque mascot. (laughs) So that that seems like it it could be be interesting. (laughs) She has a very thick southern drawl. Mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be interesting i mean that's gonna that it it kind of shows you exactly what the tone of the series is gonna be um there there's that clip of the guy getting i don't know if you want to call it incinerated or <laughs> for disappeared, not having his but ticket yeah but it, it very much reminded me of the scene from ragnarok with the melting stick and, <laughs> and the grandmaster pardoning the the guy from life <laughs> I forgot about that until you just mentioned it. Very good. (laughs) I pardon you from life. Yeah. So, I mean, the Loki marketing's in in full swing. We are only, uh, at the time of us recording this, we're two and a half weeks away. Is it just just me or does it feel like we're getting more marketing for this show than others? Um, It could be that way. It also could be that 
because this is the first marketing cycle that we've been doing the podcast for that we're paying more attention to it. <laughs> that's true. That's very I, true. I think that's what it is. I bet if we go back, there are probably Falcon Winter Soldier clips that we missed and, and stuff. <laughs> that's very so, true. Yeah, but that's that's uh, what we've got going on for Loki. And then the other big MCU property that's upcoming um, in the immediate future is Black Widow. And we got a new clip from that that um, shows a bit of a, a car chase scene from the film with uh, Natasha and Yelena both both involved in the scene running from someone who's chasing them on a bike and it, it was very the clip was very Mission Impossible-esque I was sure. just gonna say that that it seems like this movie's going for either a Mission Impossible uh tone or a Jason Bourne yeah tone um yeah that's interesting yep it's gonna be cool I mean the clip didn't show us much it was very action heavy mm-hmm. <laughs> um there was just some little quips in there from Yelena to Natasha that were kind of funny. Um, so it looks interesting. I couldn't tell who was chasing them. I don't think, I don't think we're meant to know at this point, but we'll see. So the next, next thing we have is some more news for secret invasion as we have every single week. It seems like, (laughs) um, we know who is going to direct the series now. Um, and that is going to be Thomas Bazucha and Ali Salim. Um, Thomas Bazucha is known for Let Him Go, the film, and Ali Salim is known for The Looming Tower. I, I'm not familiar with either of these. Um, it just seems, you know, upon research. So I, I looked into uh, into Bazucha's, or Bazucha's, I'm sorry for mispronouncing that, but uh, into his filmography. I, he only has four other directing credits, and you already mentioned one of them that was Let Him Go with Kevin Costner. Uh, Monte Carlo, which was from 2011, that starred Selena, Selena Gomez. Um, the Family Stone, which was a, like a Christmas uh, rom-com. I watched that. From I 2005. Think, I think this last year for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Big Eden, which I'm not really sure of. That's that that's a very interesting uh, lineup for, for yeah. somebody to take on a Marvel project next. It is. Uh, I, I liked the idea of uh, Ali Salim, though, uh, and having the two of them come together in this midst of uh, somebody who's worked on a, a limited series in the Lumen tower and uh-huh. somebody who's worked in film, even if he's just somebody who the studios need as a placeholder. Right. Um, it, this is, this is a very interesting series to me. Yeah. I mean, it continues to be, I think the most intriguing series they have lined up. Like, I really don't know which way this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll talk more about that in our in our phase four discussion, but um, yeah. it's it's nice to see the directors being tapped for that after all the casting news and you know knowing uh, that our showrunner is going to be um, Kyle Bradstreet from Mr. Robot as well. So, so yeah, funny en- funny enough, I just listened to a, a podcast where they were interviewing the creator of Mr. Robot, and he basically basically denounced the MCU. <laughs> Oh, so for one of his producers to jump over to the MCU is a uh, is kind of interesting. That's funny. He didn't denounce it, but basically, uh, the interview was talking about um, the state of the film industry, and um, at some point, Marvel has to come up in it. And he said that uh, essentially, it's it's how Martin Scorsese Martin Scorsese described it a few years ago as they're yeah. just producing thrill rides, which is fairly accurate. I mean, this yeah, is a whole set. This is a whole fair. This is a whole different discussion. We didn't. We can get into another day, but I just thought it was interesting that he uh, he he mentioned it and kind of like pushed them off to the side whenever it was mentioned. Oh man, 
All right. Uh, so our next next thing to discuss, um, this is one of the, the bigger pieces of news, I think. Um, we, we have confirmation now that Shang-Chi is going to have an exclusive 45-day window in theaters. So this this is really interesting. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of studios experiment with different things. This feels very much like that. Um, I, I honestly think when, you know, before it was, it was, it was a 90-day window, previously mm-hmm. exclusivity to theaters um i do anticipate this is going to go straight to disney plus afterwards um, definitely probably without the the fee so we'll see i mean i i think i think where we'll land in, with this is i think theaters are still going to have exclusivity long, going forward like long term but i do i do think it'll be probably closer to 30 days because if you look at the box office returns for a movie after like the first four weeks it drops I, off. It drops off pretty significantly for everything. I mean, that's even, you know, your end games, your avatars, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it, they don't sustain. So I, I think, I think 90 day windows are absolutely a thing of the past, mm-hmm. but I do think it'll be even shorter than this 45 day when all's all said and done. And I think we're still a year away from seeing what the landscape's going to look like. Well, what's interesting is that Warner media has now, um, has now kind of backed away from their original deal of uh, putting their, their new releases on HBO max uh, for 30 to 45 days. I think for 30 days, I believe it is they're still doing it, but some of the uh, titles they're releasing at the end of the year, like Dune, they backed away from That's going straight to theaters opening weekend now. Oh, Um, not HBO. I I believe so. I I could be wrong. I I I want to double check that story, but I believe that's the case now. Um, mm-hmm. So I it, it it's this is just a, an example of how the the viewing landscape has changed since March of last year. Oh that, yeah. Um, because theaters are struggling, they're obviously going to do whatever they can to bring people in, even if that means sacrificing a lot on the front end uh, in order to bring people in. I find it interesting that the Disney's taking the route of our theaters aren't, I would, I would actually like to see theaters reactions to this 45 day window now, because I don't know, I'm, I'm just spitballing all over the place here. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it's fascinating. I, I, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say off the top of my head right now. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is definitely fascinating. And I think, I honestly think we're going to see something different for Eternals, like whether that's 30 mm-hmm. days, whether they realize that their overall returns from, you know, subscriptions to Disney plus that black widow brought in um, plus the, the theater sales that it brings in you know, maybe their profits for that are more than what Shang-Chi brings in from the, the 45 day window. So, um, I think if that's the case, you know, Eternals is probably a good place to either change up their approach or go back to what they did for Black Widow. I think, I think even if Shang-Chi is successful, they're going to try out a couple different things just in order to really understand what the audience wants, where the audience is in terms of willingness to pay for the premier access and Disney plus. And there's, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of factors. So our, our final story for the week is one that just came out a couple days ago in an interview. Um, So Kevin Feige was asked 
about the decision to cast Tilda Swinton in the role of the Ancient One in Doctor Strange um, back in, in 2016. And he basically said, you know, they, they, they don't regret casting Tilda Swinton per se because she, you know, was a fantastic actor and did well with the part. But he does have regret for, you know, whitewashing the, the character of the Ancient One who, mm-hmm. who was a, um, you know, an Asian character in the past. And, you know, their, their justification for doing it at the time was, you know, they felt that character was a stereotype and they didn't want to have the, you know, the wise old man, you know, wise ancient master mm-hmm. Asian guy. Like, it, it wasn't something they wanted to do. But Feige recently said, very rightly, that there's a way to still have an Asian actor in that role but avoid stereotypes. Like, you can't just whitewash it because you're afraid of hitting that stereotype there there is a way to to do that without without uh you know changing the race of of the character yeah and well i mean we'll see that in in sean g in september with um with the re if you if you will recasting not recasting but uh re utilization of the mandarin right uh where in the comics, he's kind of an Asian stereotype, and even I mean, even the ancient one in the comics is too, to an extent. So it it is possible to be done correctly, uh, as as you mentioned. And I'm I'm glad I didn't think not to say I didn't think about it, but I I hadn't really thought of this controversy since Tilda Swinton was announced back in 2015 or 2016, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it's been addressed again, recent yeah. five years later. Definitely. Yeah, and one thing I think with the the discussion of Shang Chi as well is they, I mean they in in Shang Chi lore his father was a in the comics they retcon this in the comics too but it was a an even heavier stereotype than the Mandarin is in the comics so it was a character oh, wow. named Fu Manchu and it was yeah. it was just awful so I mean they did away with that in character pretty much entirely for the MCU. Um, and you know, to your point, they they're going with the the Asian, an Asian actor playing the Mandarin, but they're also going to do it in a in a way that um, is respectful and not a stereotype. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting, and it, it's nice to see you know Foggy directly address that. I mean, and and show that they're they're willing to learn from from mistakes. Yeah, and I think he, I mean he he from interviews he seemed like a very genuine person. Yeah, like, like I genuinely think he was trying to do to do right by the character back in 2016. It, there was no malintention, malintent there. So it, I, I'm like you said, I'm also glad that he realized. Oh, I screw, I I dropped the ball on this one, and I'll I'll take the hit for it. And I even remember a few years ago, Scott Derrickson had to address this as well uh, when, he, when he was promoting something else. I, I can't. It might have been for Snowpiercer when he was promoting Snowpiercer. Somebody asked him about Tilda Swinton being cast, and he gave the same answer as Feige did a few years ago of we didn't want to provide a, a stereotype. So that was obviously a discussion that went around several people before uh, it was approved. And I mean, Hundred million people can be wrong, right? That's about it for our news for the week. With that, I think we can uh, get into our fan cast for Ben Grimm, aka the Thing. So this is our final Fantastic Four member to cast. 
Well, I can I can kick off the discussion here with with my number three, if you want. Go right ahead. My my number three choice is Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. So, okay. so Alden Ehrenreich is known most for uh, mostly for Solo. Um, mm-hmm. He also starred in in Hail Caesar as well. Yes, yes, he did. I think he you know he plays kind of that gruff type actor very well. I thought I thought he was good in Solo. Um, I enjoyed that movie like quite a bit, but. Yeah, I mean, I could just see him as a, a Ben Grimm, you know, fitting in with some of the actors we had uh, selected for Reed Richards, kind of playing up that that friend dynamic and, um, you know, playing that the good-natured tough guy that Ben Grimm is. So I, I think I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of potential there for, for Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, I really like that choice as a, as a young Ben Grimm. Uh, he's, uh, he's one of my fa- favorite young actors working today. Uh, he, his character in hell Caesar is kind of an idiot though. <laughs> so I, that he can do comedy pretty well. Um, and I mean, he was for what solo was, he was a good part of it. So I can, I, I'd buy it. I would buy it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So my number three is sam richardson uh if you're unaware of who he is he is one of tim robinson's guys if you will oh boy yeah he was from uh he was from he was in detroiters he was in an episode of i think you should leave uh he's done a lot of voice work uh he was in veep he's 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 a very funny guy and not to say ben Grimm should necessarily be hilarious but i think you could have a good balance of, or you give him some dark humor uh, to kind of build his character in that way. So I think okay. having somebody with a more comedic presence would would fit. Oh, awesome! Correct me if I'm wrong, but and I think you should leave. He played the robot that was sent back in time to yes. kill Scrooge. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's him. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> if if you haven't seen, I think you should leave. You, I think you should watch it. It's Give yourself amazing. an evening. Give um, yourself an evening. It's only like six episodes, and they're fifteen minutes each. Yeah, it every, is well every, worth it. It's a sketch show, and and every sketch is basically about someone pushing like social environments to their very limits for the most part. <laughs> And like and like how awkward one person can make at situ- any given situation, and it's so it's very very funny. But yeah, I I I would like that, and I I like him and everything I've seen him in. So oh, he's also in uh, in Modoc as well. Okay, Marvel's Modoc. Nice. Uh, he, yeah. So he's got some Marvel connections already. Uh, so my number two for Ben Grimm is Jesse Plemons. You know, I almost had him on here for that. Yes. But go ahead. So Jesse Plemons is is known for uh, many things. I mean, he's he's kind of <laughs> a very well known actor. I would say now, if you if you don't know his name, you've most likely seen him in different things. So easily, um, he, he looks like a small Matt Damon. Yeah, and he he has played. Um, he was in most recently in Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Breaking Bad. He was in um, Game Night. He played a really hilarious role in Game Night black mass he he, he's been in in many different things and has been nominated for awards as well so um i i think he's a very hilarious actor and he has the the chops to to play something like this in the mcu most definitely i just to picture todd from breaking bad as as ben grim that just that that makes my heart happy that makes my heart very happy 
because he plays a essentially you haven't seen all of breaking bad have you i have not so he plays basically a psychopath in it <laughs> whose uncle was a neo-nazi um okay. and it's he's just unbelievably good in it i it just oh just me chills just to think, <laughs> think of, of of him uh and uh, he if, correct me if i'm wrong but he was in friday night lights too i believe yep. So like people who watched Breaking Bad knew him from Friday Night Lights and was absolutely shocked at the range that this kid had at the time. <laughs> and to see him blow up in the past decade just m- makes me so happy. His his performance in Game Night is just should not be in that. He's in a whole nother movie. Yes. <laughs> in there. He is how that has that that is one of the most underrated performances i've ever seen as the neighbor honestly he he elevates that movie from just like (laughs) kind of your standard like rom-com romp type movie to yeah honestly like one of like an extremely funny movie that i you know can rewatch on a on a whim very much enjoy and i think the main reason is is him (laughs) so we're gonna go from that to my number two, who's a lot more serious. Uh, actually, a little more serious. Uh, that's a Domino Gleason, um, who oh, was General Hux from uh, the latest Star Wars trilogy. Uh, he was in Run. He was in Frank. Ex Machina. Uh, he was in Ex Machina. I think he was in an episode of Black Mirror as well with um, Haley Atwell. I think. Yeah, he's played a lot of. Um, of smaller character parts, side parts uh, in the past decade. But since uh, the Star Wars trilogy, even since Frank, uh, he's blown up significantly. Uh, he was also Bill Weasley in the last few Harry Potters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always, I always got him mixed up for Rupert Grint early, like earlier in the decade. Yeah. He looks, look I mean, so... he looks like a Weasley. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I think he can bring a little bit of, uh, like I said, I my even though my number one pick is gonna throw all this out the window. I could see them bringing a, a very uh, dark somebody with a dark presence to the to the role, um, and he's he's had work in action blockbusters before with the Star Wars trilogy and Harry Potter, so he's no stranger to this world, and even in Frank, which was. Uh, just exclusively dark humor uh it was about a musician who actually starred michael fassbender too mm. uh it was about a musician who joins this artist named frank on a on a tour and uh frank has all these mental health issues that are have gone unaddressed for years um so it it's a humorous but dark outlook at that at this at this guy's life uh-huh. um and i think I still think he would be a good fit to bring that into um, into Ben Grimm. Okay, I could see it. I like it. All right, so my number one pick for Ben Grimm is Jake Johnson. I don't know if you're. Really? I don't know if you're familiar with Jake Johnson, but um, he's most known for um, his role as Nick Miller in New Girl. Um, yeah, and he has had minor roles in, in things like Jurassic World. He was one of the people at the computer, so to speak, in in, uh, in Jurassic World. And yeah, he was Peter. He was Peter, Peter B. Bar- yeah, he's Peter B. B. Parker, Parker in yeah. Into the Spider Verse. So he has he has voice acting chops as well, which I think is important for for Ben Grimm um, after his transformation to the thing. And I could see, like, I can kind of hear his voice 
you know, modified to be a bit deeper and a little gravelier. Um, it, it already is kind of gravelly. Um, I can hear him in that. And I, I think he could have a really great back and forth with a, a charismatic actor playing Johnny Blaze, like giving them, giving each other like, you know, <laughs> grief for different things. And I, 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 he's absolutely hilarious in New Girl. Um, he's my favorite. His, his character, Nick Miller, is my favorite on that show. Have you seen New mm-hmm. Girl? i've seen a few episodes okay it's it's very funny um mm-hmm. he plays opposite zoe deschanel um mm-hmm. but he he's he's a very very talented actor very great comedic timing um i think he has a good voice for the role and um that's my number one pick all right so then my number one pitch this this actually i changed it because of uh a post that you showed me this week oh. and i changed it out of my head since then but my number one is John Cena. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't unsee it. So you, so you sent me a, a, a an Instagram post earlier this week. Uh, I'm not on Instagram, so I don't see this stuff. Uh, but he just out of the blue posted a picture of the thing. And I could honestly see it. He, uh, he's very charismatic and very, he can be extremely funny. Yes. Uh, but he knows what he is at this point. And I think between him and Batista, he's one of the best post WWE actors working. Right. <laughs> because he knows what he is. And so I, I really liked him in train wreck and I really liked him in, uh, I'm, I think he's going to be one of the best parts of the new suicide squad yeah. coming out. Um, and so he, he's done some voice work in the past. He has this like, cheesy corny over uh bombastic personality but i think given the right direction he could bring some weight to a ben grim type character yeah i could i could definitely see it and his and his persona i think fits the mcu very well i i think it's a matter of time i I think (laughs) i do think um if this doesn't happen, that James Gunn will sneak him into Guardians Volume 3 at some point. <laughs> In one way like, or another. He's had extremely high praise for John Cena and said he's one of the funniest like improv actors he's ever worked with. <laughs> so I, I I think in one way or another, we're going to see him in the MCU. But but yeah, I like the pick. very much. There, um, I, I did send that post to a, to a friend of mine, and she said that his Instagram is one of the most random things that she has ever seen though. So who knows yeah, how I, I've heard that. Who too. knows if that really means anything? Yeah. He's very like cryptic and <laughs> just posts <laughs> random things. He might just be a fan of the character or something. Or... But he knows he's a meme and he just, he embraces it. Yeah. I love it. Yep. All right. I think it's, I think it's time to hit our phase four discussion. Um, so, you know, this isn't going to be a deep dive on any one particular thing <laughs> we have <laughs> looking at it. Uh, 30 i believe films that are confirmed films and series that are confirmed well well, two of those have already aired because i I have wandavision and falcon winter soldier on our list so um we are 28 we are gonna talk through each and every one of them and give kind of our our brief thoughts on you know how how this what this film or series might look like and kind of how it how it may tie into the larger mcu here we go the third entry of phase four is loki so Loki, uh, the premiere date is on June 9th, twenty twenty one. So we are we are a mere two and a half weeks away from the premiere of this. I'm super excited for this show. Um, I I think getting more of Tom Hiddleston is going to be fantastic. I think the casting decisions that we 
been made aware of so far with Owen Wilson uh, have just been amazing. I'm really excited for this. I am too. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely dive into a lot more detail on this series in the next few weeks. So there, there's really not much to speculate on. After, yeah. After this. Yeah, we'll be, we're, we're going to do kind of a preview of Loki, a larger preview. We are going to be reading one of the, one of the fairly recent Loki comic runs and giving our thoughts on that and how that might inform the series as well. So um, mm-hmm. we will be doing a lot of, a lot of Loki talk soon. So the next entry is uh, Black Widow, which comes to Disney Premier Access and theaters on July 9th of this year. And uh, as we mentioned in our news section, this kind of looks like the Mission Impossible or Jason Bourne entry of the MCU. Uh, It seems like every film, they're going with a different style or different genre. And they're finally going into the spy thriller genre, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of. Definitely. It's going to be really, really interesting. It, it is cool how we keep getting these genre bending movies. And I'm excited to see that continue into um, Black Widow. And it, it's going to be it's going to be a fun ride. It's long overdue film. I wish we got it while spoilers. The character was still alive in the, in the present day MCU. Um, but it is cool that they're most likely going to be setting up her successor with Yelena. Um, and mm-hmm. I expect this to kind of lay the ground for Thunderbolts, which we've talked about a bit more. Back to the Fountain Winter Soldier days. Yeah. Go check out those episodes, people. Yep. So our uh, the next thing that will be coming into Phase 4 after Black Widow um, looks like it will be What If. We don't have a confirmed release date for that yet, but there there have has been chatter in recent weeks that it'll debut in August 2021. Um, so this mm-hmm. this is going to you know fill the gap between Black Widow and Shang Chi. Um, you know it's not the live action series that that we've gotten in the past. It's this one's going to be animated and show us all kinds of wacky situations um, for the MCU. Like what if Peggy Carter became Captain Britain and there was no Captain America? What if T'Challa was abducted instead of Peter Quill? Yeah, to be that's that's one of them that's been yep, confirmed to be Star Lord. Um, Marvel Zombies looks to be one. Mm-hmm. There's I, I did see speculation on this, though, that this is building towards a, a they're calling it the Guardians of the Multiverse. Oh, um, apparently there was a poster that came out a few weeks ago that showed all of the characters that they're going to be focusing on season one. And at the bottom, it said Guardians of the Multiverse across it. Oh, interesting. So I guess the Watcher in this case would be essentially the Nick Fury assembling type, uh, bringing different characters from different multiverses together. Uh, because one of them we get is Doctor Strange, and uh, what if Doctor Strange was a descendant of Dormammu, or was a disciple of Dormammu? Yeah, is it seems like that's what they're leaning toward. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this there's been some fan art and char- maybe not fan art, but um, character art from the sets that have come out of like Ultron with like the Infinity Stones across his chest. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it, it's going to get wild. I mean, yeah. I hope, I hope we get. Here's my my biggest hope is we get. What if Darcy was Mephisto during WandaVision? <laughs> That's what I want. Please, please, please confirm Mephisto please or Watt Nightmare. The Watcher. But anyways, the the big casting that we have for this is you know that every every character is going to be voiced by uh, their MCU um, actors. So it's going to be mm-hmm. very interesting. This is going to be the final MCU performance for Chadwick Boseman which is very mm-hmm. heartbreaking, but he did record this before his tragic passing. Um, right. And we also are getting Jeffrey Wright as um, Uatu, the Watcher. So that's going to be really interesting. We, we've seen the Watchers in Guardians Volume 2. Um, I would like to see him 
reprise that role in live action. And I, I think it'll happen. I want to see, I want to see a larger story tying this together. So to hear about the, the guardians of the multiverse, maybe being a thing, I don't know if that has a comic history, but I don't know, either. but very, very interesting nonetheless. And I hope that that's well, the case. And this show does given the structure of it and its premise, it does have a, a lot of promise for multiple seasons. Oh, no doubt. I, I, I think there's no way this doesn't have a season two. I mean, they're they're getting they're introducing all these new characters they can play with in this series with throughout Phase Four. That uh, there's ample room for for more stories, depending on the success of it, of course. Which I think is going to draw a big crowd. So after What If, we are we should be getting uh, Sean Chi, which comes out September third of this year. And as we mentioned before, they've been entering a lot of genre filmmaking throughout the um, throughout the past couple of years. Uh, this is essentially their kung fu martial arts movie, and it essentially, from what we're getting, there's the possibility that this will be a, a Mortal Kombat style film as well, or at least the story, and it might be. Um, and given the <laughs> given how the last Mortal Kombat went, I'm more inclined to say I'm excited for this. Yeah, <laughs> to see to see an actual martial arts tournament take place, and I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes. It it feels wholly original and we'll get to the Eternals in a minute here, but the Eternals does as well mm-hmm. from everything else we've seen in the MCU up to this point, maybe other than WandaVision, this feels wholly original. Yeah. And what, what I'm real, my biggest hope for this is that they put as much love and dedication into the world building mm-hmm. of this and the lore and kind of the backstory that they did with, black panther and wakanda and mm-hmm. how distinct that all felt from the rest of the mcu but still like a part of it i really want to see this given that same type of attention because it could go one of two ways like it could be you know great world building um like they've done with wakanda and black panther or it could be kind of borderline like mediocre world building that they did with something like doctor strange where they're introducing a new corner of of this and doctor strange was like here's the generic like temple where all these people train mm-hmm. and that's about it like they're they i i'm really excited to see what they what they do in that respect and you know it's always good to see more representation speaking of dr strange though there is speculation that mordo will be back in this one if it is a mortal Kombat style tournament i've heard that and it's very well possible that he just hasn't been seen on set or at least nothing's been leaked that Mordo will be coming back in this right it, it would be interesting i, I mean I, it could be a nice way to start to build towards multiverse of badness some more um mm-hmm. and i it would be cool to just see a character like that you know it makes sense that he would be chasing um you know the 10 rings to strip them of their power or whatever his motivations are for trying to win this tournament but seeing him in there yeah and seeing him go do like hand-to-hand combat would be pretty cool and a nice way to build up his his character for um, wherever his next outing is. Well, it also adds to the, it also ties this into the rest of the MCU. Even if it's just a minor role character like that or a small connection like that, and at least we, we know that this is part of the MCU, but it at least confirms that the rest of the MCU recognizes this yeah. as its own or as a, Definitely. as an entry. Definitely super exciting. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. The next thing, and this is going to be for the Disney Plus series, we're kind of be, going to be working on guesswork from here on out because we don't have any more confirmed dates. <laughs> um, so presumably the next thing that we are going to get in phase four after Shang-Chi is going to be Miss Marvel. So Miss Marvel starring um, 
Mon Villani will introduce her character to the MCU of Kamala Khan and uh, her alter ego of Miss Marvel. And I think this is going to be a very interesting series. You know, th- this is, uh, mm-hmm. if they if they go off of her debut comic run as the inspiration, it's a very small scale story. Um, and it, it seems like from the brief footage that we saw at the Investor Day last year, that that's going to be the case, that it's going to be kind of the smaller story, but also to to kind of set her up for a larger role in the Marvels that we'll talk about shortly. So really interested to see this. I'm, what I'm mostly curious about here is how well her power set adapts to the screen. <laughs> it's very goofy. It's very that's comic fair. booky, like the way her hands expand just to be giant. And I personally just hope they go for it. <laughs> Like they don't do any kind of halfway weirdness with it. Like just if it's going to be weird, just make make the powers weird and acknowledge it, move on, make a crack a joke about it or something. And, you know, and it is what it is. I mean, we've we've talked about how weird the MCU is willing to get. I mean, Thor Ragnarok exists, as we mentioned in our in our rankings. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just all, go all go yeah. all out on it. And I mean, see, see, like 20 foot fists pop yeah. up out of nowhere. I, I mean, I appreciate a smaller scale story in this universe every once in a while. So I'm I'm genuinely excited to see what uh, what this series yeah, brings. This, going the Disney Plus route for this, and th- this is going to be our first, you know, origin story told through Disney Plus and our first debut on Disney Plus for a new character. So that in, its, in and of itself makes it really exciting. Um, I I do really want to see the slice of life type things with this. Like I want to see how effective an origin story can be through Disney plus. Like by the time we're seeing Kamala in the Marvels, like we're, we will have spent like six hours with we her. Know already. So, I mean, we know who she is. So we'll know who she is. Right. We'll know her character. We'll have spent all this time with her. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I mean, your character is really interesting in the, in the comic, you know, as with Shang-Chi and it's more representation. So that's always good when people are able to see themselves in the heroes. I also think what's great about this is Vellani is a, is not a known actor. Like this is her first major role. She's based, not to say she's walking off the street into this. She's probably had some, uh, some theater work or some uh, commercials that we're not aware of, but like, this is her this is her first credited role. So the fact that they're bringing somebody in who's a young enough to play Kamala as a, um, as a child and B that she doesn't bring, I hate to use the word baggage, but doesn't bring a career that we can project onto uh-huh. this character. I think is just mm-hmm. fantastic. And also the set photos that have leaked her costume. Yes. It's amazing. I won't spoil too much by talking <laughs> about it, but I did look at the leaked photos and it looks really good. <laughs> yeah, I one one other thing just to, to quickly hit on is mm. as far as the larger MCU goes, I'm very, very, very interested in seeing how they give her her powers. It's very she's very I mean very explicitly in the comics and inhuman. I think they might have retconned that recently, but it's it's oh, very <laughs> I mean she basically goes through terogenesis just like inhumans do and gets her powers and i don't know what they're going to do i i I texted you my theory during wandavision that i thought she was going to get her powers through wanda's hex because she kamala lives in new jersey i thought okay this is maybe this is why they sent set um westview in new jersey didn't i don't think it ended up being the case unless it does but you know given that monica got powers that way and I, I thought maybe they were going to go that route. 
but I, I really don't know what they're going to do. And maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they just come up with some origin or maybe it's, she already has her powers and they don't really need to explain it. I'll Spider-Man, but there, yeah. it, once we, once we get there and we read the comic book, it is a really fun origin story as well. There are some, some neat little, little twists in there. <laughs> Make it fun. So, so after that, this is one I've been waiting to talk about for a long time now. Um, is the Eternals it comes out November fifth of of this year? Uh, I since I've seen Nomadland, I have been so excited for what this can be. This I mentioned, Sean Chi seems wholly original. This from the very short footage we've gotten from the the phase four trailer that leaked or that came out a few weeks ago this seems wholly original um in a I, i've mentioned this a couple times but in, a, in 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 a few interviews Fidey's talked about how this he his mouth was almost on the floor with how shocked he was when he saw the footage from set that it this mm-hmm. that he, so Chloe Zhao is a student of Terrence Malick, who's known for very contemplative, slow moving, um, and I don't want to say metaphysical, but philosophical films. Um, they make you think, <laughs> um, but he uses natural uh-huh. lighting in all of his work. Uh, the camera moves and pans very slowly across long vistas, and it shows in Nomadland, and in the two or three clips that we've gotten of the Eternals, it shows here too. And I am very excited to see something that feels like a Chloe Zhao production. Uh, when the Last Jedi came out, or when when I when it was announced that Ryan Johnson was directing the Last Jedi, I distinctly remember where I was sitting and who I was sitting with, and I saw the news and said, "I do not want to see." a Star Wars film directed by Ryan Johnson. I want to see a Ryan Johnson film set in the Star Wars universe. This will, this will divide right. the fan base. Mark my words. And it's, what did we get in the last Jedi? We got a Ryan Johnson film set in the Star Wars universe and it divided the fan base. Yeah. So yeah. I want to see yeah. a Chloe Zhao film in the MCU. This might not necessarily divide the fan base though. So um because yeah. marvel does keep a pretty tight grip over its properties but if i had to guess they're going based off of they're going the route of neil gaiman's eternals which we, we should probably yeah. read before this comes out i've only read a few yep. pages of it i started Definitely. it and just ran out of time i want i'm so excited to see where this goes this is probably besides love and thunder this might be my most anticipated movie of phase four. Yeah, it, it has a fantastic cast. Yeah. And I'm really excited the way they've talked about it spanning like thousands of years, mm-hmm. the story. So I'm really excited. I hope that's not just here's a flashback scene and at the beginning of the movie and now we're in present day. I, I hope it, it really is that slow burn of a story over a thousand mm-hmm. years. It could be really amazing, really, really beautiful if if they do it correctly and I, I think they will yeah after the eternals which uh, i don't think we mentioned this is on november 5th 2021 um we are going to presume that hawkeye debuts here shortly after eternals or around that time um it, it is confirmed for 2021 uh fall and winter so it would it would fit in that time frame 
but this this is going to be awesome this is very similar to black widow in a way that it's a long overdue story to be told for this character um i wasn't that excited i haven't cared much for hawkeye in the mcu to this point even the stuff in age of ultron Um, looking back on it yeah there should have been more yeah it's fine but it kind of is what it is yeah (laughs) and i i wasn't very excited for this i was like yeah you know i'll watch it um and what really got me excited was the announcement of uh, Kate Bishop being a part of the mm-hmm. series and, you know, reading up on her, her comic history and her run. Um, you know, the, my life is a weapon. Hawkeye run is great. We're going to read that one um, before it debuts, but also Kate's solo run and her um, West coast Avengers run that, that happened recently. They, they were both really great stories and, She's a really fun character, and her dynamic with Hawkeye's uh, Clint Barton Hawkeye is a lot of fun, and I, I'm really excited to see that. And that made me way more excited for this series than than I was going in. I, I think it's going to be a a chance to give us a different side of of Clint Barton that we haven't seen before. Well, when Kate was announced to be in the in the show, that's when everybody went, "Oh, they're doing my life as a weapon, isn't it?" Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the the thing about that that's interesting and doesn't gel with the the MCU Clint is that his entire character in that is, you know, he is a he is a loner. He's a lone wolf. He has no family. He like can barely rely on his friends. Like he lives in a just a beat up apartment downtown that is like constantly assaulted by like all these mafia guys or not mafia but tracksuit mafia guys mm-hmm. which are confirmed to show up in the show as well. It's really interesting to see, you know, this this version of Hawkeye is definitely not that. Now, what's interesting for me is, and I'm going to make a prediction here. Yep. I think after his family came back, they, I think it's going to be like, he's going to be a loner. And I think he's going to be down on his luck because I think his family will have basically left him after learning of his time as Ronan okay. and all the things he did in their absence. Yeah. Um, so that could add some darkness to his character, get him to kind of the state that he's in and in, in my life as a weapon um, and, you know, add add that drama and, you know, result in him having um, kind of this mentor relationship with Kate. And maybe it's it's part of his plan to to give up the mantle and get his family back or something. That's just my my prediction based on. I, I think they still have a lot to address with the Ronin stuff and, and the fallout of that for Clint. Because I mean, he just went around for five years and basically <laughs> murdered people. Just yeah, it was... I mean, they they were deserving people in in most cases, I guess, that we know of. But at the same time, it's a, a dark thing that he did for five years for sure. And we know that Marvel's not afraid to to touch on that darkness every once in a while. So yep. yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to read My Life as a Weapon too. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was Hawkeye. So yeah, and then. After after Hawkeye, we have um, Spider-Man No Way Home, Ooh. which confirmed for December 17th, 2021. I'm so excited for this. Um, the fact that we're, it sounds like we're getting a multiverse, a live-action multiverse, allegedly. All of the castings that have been brought out from this, uh, even though it's all, it's all been, everything's been all but confirmed, essentially, with the, uh, with the Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I mean, I still haven't seen set photos yet. So yeah. <laughs> until that, I I don't believe it. But it seems like they've locked down that set pretty well because I think they're done filming and I haven't seen a set photo that isn't just like Tom Holland <laughs> by himself. So like I, I haven't seen Alfred Molina or anything like that. 
but that's been confirmed by him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's risk of them overstuffing the movie just because it's Sony. I'm a little less sure of it than I am with with other um, you know MCU properties, but I'm still really excited. I'd be really happy if they did that that Spider Verse angle. I just I do still hope that they keep the focus on Tom Holland and and continue his story in a in a logical way, and they're not just trying to shoehorn the other universes in. Um, it does line up very well with what we're likely going to see in Doctor Strange as well with the, the um, multiverse aspect. And so with our, our next uh, MCU phase four property, we're going to take another guess here and guess that <laughs> She-Hulk will debut um, in kind of late winter of 2022. Um, so this one, you know, we know Tatiana Maslany is starring as Jennifer Walters, AKA She-Hulk. Um, we know the abomination, uh, Tim Roth is going to come back in that role. Outside of that, we don't know much about casting. We've we've had the confirmation that this is going to be kind of a, a thirty minute um, courtroom dramedy. <laughs> um, so that could be really interesting. They Feige has said you never know who's going to show up um, for these like court cases and stuff. So um, it 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 could be fun to play with that aspect of like the legality of certain things in the MCU. Like, do we see? Do we see Jennifer Walters defending uh, Clint Barton after his time as Hawkeye? Do we see like, or t- time as Ronan? I'm sorry, like something like that. Do we, do we finally get Matt Murdock? I was to just show about up? to say that. But what are the chances we get Matt Murdock to show up in one way or another in this? I don't, I don't know. And is it Charlie Cox <laughs> have, as Matt Murdock? No if it is, if it's, if it, if we're doing Matt Murdock this soon, it would be Charlie Cox. Or I think or. Do we go back? No, it's not. And Affleck. we pull out Ben Affleck <laughs> from no. the back of the garage. We pull Ben Affleck nope. out. <laughs> nope. I choose chaos um, today. Yeah. No, no, I'm good. I'll pass. Um, but I, I wonder if this kind of dips into the the territory we went with WandaVision, where we have um, you know a nine episode run with shorter episodes. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be a half hour dramedy, mm-hmm. um. It could be really interesting. I mean, I'm I I haven't read much She-Hulk comics, so I'm excited for you know when we eventually do that for the show. Did you um, mention that uh, Mark Ruffalo is pretty much coming back for it? I did not, but yeah, Mark Ruffalo is confirmed to return as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. Um, so presumably for the origin part of this, for like the blood transfusion or something like that, mentorship. I don't I don't know exactly what his role is going to be. Um. Uh, or how significant it will be so we will see so after after she hulk presumably um so this is like i said before all the disney plus stuff is a lot of guesswork but um we do know that doctor strange in the multiverse of madness is coming out on march 25th of 2022 and this just recently wrapped filming um we know it stars Sochi Gomez as <laughs> America Chavez, <laughs> obviously Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange and Wanda Max uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, mm-hmm. um, now the Scarlet Witch. So this is going to be a wild movie. I, I think. think so too. Sam Raimi's not I mean, afraid we, to yeah. get weird with it, and he. Uh, I was as much as I love Derrickson, and I was really happy to see that they were willing to that they were able to get Raimi and bring him in. Uh, so they're still going. It sounds like they're still going with the horror angle uh, with Raimi. Uh, but 
the Evil Dead franchise is absolutely insane. So I expected yes. this to be absolutely insane as well. Uh, even like even the Spider-Man trilogy is kind of crazy if you think about it how it even exists yes (laughs) Um, well even the idea that this movie is introducing america chavez (laughs) who her origin is she comes from a utopian pocket universe that's only only females that was created by the wanda's son billy maximoff (laughs) in the comics so the it's man it's wild there's a lot that (laughs) that they could cover here um and that's super exciting so i I almost wonder if she if if america is kind of part of their guide to what's going on in the multiverse or um has kind of a bigger role in this than we had kind of anticipated i get the feeling that this is going to be like the the winter soldier of phase four where it just changes the universe in one way or another i could easily see that and it's like the big tentpole twist that changes everything yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. And I'm I'm super excited to see the some of the threads from Wandavision picked up. She, it, it, we, I know we've talked about this multiple times, but at this point, Wanda almost has to be the villain or the antagonist of it. I would say um, first or second act, yeah, villain. Like there, there's probably some overarching villain in it. Uh, cough, Mephisto, <laughs> cough. But <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> I mean, we're we're setting ourselves up for disappointment with that because we've not we have not gotten any casting news. Although that would most likely be a voice only mm-hmm. role, I would assume it would be a CGI like type character. Um, they could just have Benedict Cumberbatch do it again, like he did with Dormammu. Yeah. Um, or I would almost rather them go. back I was just to about Dormammu. to say, or they bring Dormammu back. Yeah, I mean the time stone is gone. And that was the only thing that scared him away last mm-hmm. time. So I think it makes sense for him to come back. Um, and that obviously wouldn't require any additional casting because Cumberbatch played him in, in the um, first Doctor Strange film. So very, very, very interesting film. Uh, so so next we presumably are getting Moon Knight. Um, so this one has also begun filming much like She-Hulk has. I would expect this to kind of you know, be early April, um, late March, kind of like uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. Um, that's mostly what I'm basing mm-hmm. these these guesstimations off of. Um, this we we haven't conf- gotten a confirmed casting from Disney yet, but it was very much reported that Oscar Isaac is going to be um, starring as Moon Knight, mm-hmm. um, and that Ethan Hawke is also going to be in the series as the antagonist. Which we don't so, we don't be... know who it's going to be yet. There's not much to go on for this show. But yeah. we don't know much. I just I hope um, we've been saying with some of these shows that we hope that they, they just go all out on and I really hope with this character they just go all in on how insane he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really, really interesting character with him playing multiple personalities. I would assume that they're going to do that and there's no reason to think they wouldn't i mean doing it in the disney plus format you know like we talked about with miss marvel is going to allow them to spend time on that concept of having these multiple personalities and and how that affects his life and (laughs) it's just going to be really really there's a there's a podcast i listen to every once in a while called the weekly planet where they where they talk about comic book news and essentially news we talk about as well uh, but there's a running uh, there's a running joke that they bring up every once in a while, and even in the Facebook page 
uh, about uh, Moon Knight. I can't recite the quote because we try and keep this PG-13. <laughs> but <laughs> there is a uh, there's an arc where he's hunting down Dracula. And apparently, uh, like, he calls the Avengers headquarters looking for Dracula. Think Because he Dracula told him he works for, for the Avengers. And Moon Knight just wants his money back. So he calls the... <laughs> He calls the Avengers headquarters for like for like Spider-Man to pick up and say, Dracula doesn't work here. Stop calling us. <laughs> <laughs> and he just it, I think the next panel over, like it's him handing up and does that GD liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I've read um one of the more recent um Moon Knight runs. And I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's really interesting what they can do with this character. Like, you know, one one of his personalities is just a cab driver. One of his personalities is basically Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and one of them is an Egyptian god. And it's just crazy. Like the, the way it they they play it very um vague as if is he is he actually chosen by this Egyptian god? Or does he just or think he is, is he, or does he or is he just mentally ill? And they really like dive into that in a serious yeah. way, which is really, really interesting. And it, it sparks a lot of cool questions that I hope, I hope we see um, tackled in the show. And I think that's why they're going with the Disney Plus format, honestly, so they can have those quieter moments yeah. and really explore. I'll, uh, I'll, Mark's I'll censor the quote here, but it's, I know you're here, Dracula, you big effing nerd. Where's my GD money? <laughs> <laughs> like just yeah I, I i get the the character's history of mental illness has uh has kind of been done in a cartoonish way in the past like this like that but i yeah. i would like to see a more a more i would like to see a more nuanced approach approach to those issues definitely yeah i think they'll i think they'll do it justice plus i i think he has one of the best outfits in in marvel comics the white hood for sure yeah. Have you seen uh have you seen the Mr. Knight outfit? No. That was one of his alter egos. It's basically he has the the Moon Knight mask and then just a white all white suit. It's really cool. Oh, I see it. it yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I, I hope we see that in one yeah, way or another. It, it works really well for the for the uh the run that they use it in. I, I really like it. It's cool. But he goes by Mr. Knight when he's that because <laughs> <laughs> he's in a suit. Pretty good. Good stuff. But I'm I'm very, very excited for this. And I think Oscar Isaac's gonna yeah. kill it. All right. So um following Moon Speaking Knight, of insanity. Speaking of insanity, <laughs> on May sixth, twenty twenty two, we are getting Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Uh I, you yeah. you I mean for listeners who've been following us for a few weeks now have uh have heard me gush about everything that's come out about this production and things with tedious said so i'm not going to repeat them but uh just I, I was looking at the logo before we started and i just thought this is the most metal looking logo that i've seen in a yeah. while it looks like something off of a 70s like nazareth album that yeah <laughs> just gets me so pumped and so excited for what is going to come of it Oh, definitely. I mean, like it, it, it to me, it's going to be like a Dio song. Pretty much. Like, like that, that's, that's what this movie is giving me for vibes. And that's kind of what Ragnarok was, but I think this is going to go even farther, even further and be just very weird. 
Like, I mean, this is going to be why TD unleashed. <laughs> they gave ta- Taika with TD a blank check and just said, "Go." You and the they gave him the, the Guardians. The Guardians. I'm excited. I'm, I they gave him. They gave him the Guardians. They gave him Christian Bale. They gave him Russell Crowe. They gave him. <laughs> yes, it's going to be. It's fun. essentially it's just going to be done fun. right. This will be God of War set in the MCU. I I'm really oh man I don't even know what else to say about this other than it's. I mean, definitely, like, top to bottom going to be the most fun movie mm-hmm. in here. I mean, it's going to be a quick two and a half hours or whatever it ends up being for sure. But, yeah, not much not much more for me to say on that. <laughs> Do you have anything else you wanted no, to add? No, my, my excitement has been do- well documented on this show. All right. So the next, um, the next Disney Plus series we have lined up for 2022 is Secret Invasion. We've talked a ton about this recently <laughs> due to all the casting news that... <laughs> that we've gotten in recent weeks. Um, what with, you know, Olivia Coleman, Olivia Clark, um, Kingsley Benadir joining the cast it, along with Ben Mendelsohn, Samuel L. Jackson. It's going to be really, really interesting. And you wonder what other MCU stars show up as secret scrolls in this one. It's building to be an ensemble series. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really exciting. You know, I, I hope all with having all of these fantastic actors, I hope they're all given their due or, you know, even if it's a smaller role that it's something that carries forward. You know, I don't want this to be the end of the line for any of the actors we have here unless the story demands mm-hmm. it, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun and very interesting. I, I don't know. This seems to me as far as the overall MCU to be the most important you know, this seems like the linchpin of the the Disney Plus series mm-hmm. and could really, really do a lot of setup for, you know, what follows. Could even set up the a Secret Wars crossover event Definitely. in the future. Oh, yeah. No even doubt. if that's like in Avengers 5 or 6. The so next uh, film we have with a confirmed release date is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, which recently got the the title change from Black Panther 2 to uh, Wakanda Forever. <clears throat> and this is debuting on July 8th, 2022. This is going to be an emotional yeah. fest of a film. I, can already, <laughs> I don't even know like, how else to I, describe I was, it. I was trying to think of a way to say, uh, I'm just going to block out my whole day to cry. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... I mean, you're you're going to see the actors mourning presumably T'Challa, but also Chadwick, you know, on set mm-hmm. and with the cameras rolling. I mean, that's, that's the vibe I get from this. And it's really, the, especially with the title. I mean, seeing that title just made my heart stop for a second. As <laughs> I was watching that trailer, like, I'm like, Oh my goodness, they really are going to dive into to this. <laughs> and it's, you know, going to tackle it. And, you know, you would assume a very respectful way and, just be so emotional. What's interesting about this, and I might have mentioned this on an earlier episode, but Bozeman was only Black Panther in like three or four entries. Two, only yeah. two of which he was prominent in, and that was Civil War right. and Black Panther. So, right. just the fact that in the I'm gonna I'm gonna guesstimate his time in Civil War at around an hour, roughly. I would say even probably less. less. So we'll say 40 to 45 minutes. Um, that, and that's even overestimating it. Um, for the like 
two hours, almost three hours that he has been prominent in the MCU for him to have this much of an impact on this universe is just a testament to what he can do, what he could do. Right. And the fact that Disney put a mural up at Disney world for, for T'Challa specifically, it just, it still astounds me that in the body of work that Bozeman did with his time, with this time on earth that he um that he was able to touch so many people so many people and um give a hero or give a hero to those that not had not been represented properly in the past right so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a tear fest yeah and rumors are, are swirling that we sh- we might be getting namor in this as well yeah i've heard that as well i haven't seen much official word yet um, but I mean, it makes sense that, you know, if you, Wakanda may look weaker to outside people mm-hmm. now that, you know, the Black Panther is mm-hmm. gone, which might result in, you know, this, this, uh, decision and, and whatever they end up doing about the actual mantle and the, the suit of Black Panther and the power set and that stuff, I, I think will probably be brought on by an external force that tries to jump in mm-hmm. on, on Wakanda during the presumed moment of weakness. So be interesting mm-hmm. okay um so next on the, the disney plus list and for this we don't even know what order <laughs> these are going to come in um but we'll we'll kind of talk about them um in the order that, that i have them listed here uh, for lack of a better better ordering so Ironheart um is one of the the series that's slated to air after secret invasion um and this will star, star dominique thorne as riri williams um, taking up the mantle of Ironheart. And I'm assuming this is where we're going to start to deal with Tony's legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this and Armor Wars, I think, kind of go hand in hand um, to where we're really going to hit on on Tony's legacy. Um, and I, I guess we'll just mention that Armor Wars is also a, a Disney Plus series that's coming presumably in 2023, mm-hmm. um, starring Don Cheadle as you know, Rhodey slash War Machine. So these two series, you know, to me and are coupled a bit to where it's hard. I'm, I'm really excited it, to see. It's hard to separate them if we're looking at yeah. it that way. So I, knowing what we know right, right now, this will change in a matter of months. If we, if something happens to one of the cast members or um, one of the, or a set of news comes out that just absolutely changes what we think right now. <laughs> right. So yeah, there's, there's really not much to speculate on, on these, on these series other than the fact yeah. they might be intertwined and who knows we 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 said we mentioned this before but we might get justin hammer back for it for it i hope we do yeah we i i would really hope so if i have to speculate really on something so. it's more, that he comes back yeah i mean more sam rockwell is always a good thing <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure uh, so the next film on the slate is the marvels which was previously captain marvel 2 slated for november 11th 2022 um and the title change is really in in um, recognition of the addition to, of <clears throat> miss marvel and monica rambo to the cast so um i'm excited i yep. mean i didn't know how much those two would be in the film um it seems like it's kind of going to be a, a they'll be the co-leads along with brie larson as carol danvers um, part of me was actually, if I'm being honest, a little bit disappointed about this. Really? Like I, yeah, I really wanted to see a, 
another movie focused on Carol and who Carol really is, given she spent the most of her first movie like brainwashed by the Cree. <laughs> so I, I I hope that the focus still is on her for this because I, I just really want to know more about that character, um, you know, and who she is and give Brie Larson more to work with than she was given in the first one. If I have to speculate alone that this film is going to center on those three characters if i had to guess they could easily still make uh terrell the center of it uh and make make it about her relationship to monica and make it about her relationship to uh kamala as well because for all we know uh kamala is a is a stand of terrell danvers if you will that um she's a big fan and um somehow is disappointed and it's her learning about her role as a role model or even teaching kamala how to be a hero essentially Mm -hmm. um so i think i think they could find a way to still put carol at the center and have this deal with the relationship her relationship to both monica and kamala yeah, those are all really good points. I mean, she is the common thread between the three of the 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 two other you know, stars of this mm-hmm. film. So that that really does make a lot of sense. Um, I I I the way I kind of look at it is I I have felt since since Endgame, I guess that we kind of need a Winter Soldier type reinvention of the character. Uh, not so much a reinvention, but like a fleshing out of the character. Like, you know, what, what Winter Soldier did for the character of Steve Rogers, I want to see this do for the character of, of Carol Danvers. Um, and just expand upon it, you know, give them more to work with, a more unique story, uh, uh, interesting twists, and then also have some, you know, cohorts along for the ride, like, you know, with Sam and, and Natasha and the Winter Soldier. I hope that, you know, Miss Marvel and Monica play a, a similar role yeah. here whatever monica's hero name ends up being <laughs> yeah that that all sounds reasonable mm-hmm. yeah not, i don't think that's any that's not me saying that i'm not interested in the character character of carol at all or anything like that i mean i, I just thought you know winter soldier took what was a, a pretty cool character and steve rogers to the, just the next level and that's kind of the way i see carol and, and captain marvel right now is just a cool you know she's a cool character um, I think there's a room to do a lot more with her that I really want to mm-hmm. see. Yeah, that's all fair. That's all reasonable. Yeah. Um, so back on the Disney Plus side, I'll, I'll mention the last two kind of together, just because we don't we don't really have a ton to to talk about on them or mm-hmm. dates. Um, so these are two we recently learned of. They were not announced at Investor Day like the rest of the the series that we're, we've talked about. But um, there is going to be an Echo series on Disney Plus that will be a spin-off so to say of Hawkeye which is a spin-off of Avengers Endgame which is a spin-off of Avengers Infinity War which is <laughs> but um but yeah Echo um you know the first deaf hero in the MCU the first native american hero in the MCU so really interesting more representation like i said always awesome to see um we don't know much about our character we will you know, have more to speculate on after Hawkeye, I would assume, you know, you kind of think that's going to set up some plot threads for who we picked up on in, in the Echo series, yeah. but yeah, really excited for that. 
Any thoughts on, on that? No, I, I really don't have much to, uh, to to talk on this one. The uh, the next the next series that we learned about recently, fairly recently, is the Wakanda series. Mm. So this is this is one that I have no idea what direction they're going None. in. Um, I kind of hope it's like a different every every um, every week's kind of a different smaller story set in Wakanda or has to do with Wakanda, maybe with a couple threads connecting them. Um, you know, I could see IO coming back for this, um, Florence Kasumba, who was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I think that's almost a definite, um, I hope it deals a little bit with Zemo, um, and what's, what's going on there. Although I don't really expect that. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, some of the, some of the characters, uh, that we met in, in Black Panther, like if we see a little bit of Winston Dukes and Baku, um, maybe we get some more Shuri, maybe we get some more Nakia. I, I really don't know. I mean, it, it could go any way. And, I, you know, some new characters as well would be really yeah. cool. Yeah, there's there, there's really not much to go on other than Coodler is coming back to help create it. Uh, his studio is actually working on it from what I understand. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's really the only major piece of news that we have about it. Now, now, what do you think? Do you think this is before Wakanda Forever? Or do you think this is farther? That's in interesting. You could... Uh, you could do a show where it's kind of you could do a mix of both before black even before black panther um after the original black panther during um during wakanda forever after wakanda forever that's that's Hmm. interesting where you could do like almost generational storytelling um, which I've seen a few films have attempted to do that <laughs> cloud Atlas, <laughs> but to, uh, to <laughs> a very poor result. I, that that's interesting to try it that way. I, I like that idea. Now that you mention it, I could, it would be really, really interesting to see a, you know, if they, if they do this, like, you know, different storytelling approach where it's not one continuous story across this, but each episode's kind of its own self-contained thing. Um, it would be cool to see a young, young T'Chaka story. I can't remember the actor who played him, but I, I would love to see him come back and, you know, show what, what the black Panther was up to in, you know, 1990 or something, you know, like it, it could be, it could be really cool. They could do some really interesting things with the series. But yeah, it would it would be neat to see uh, young T'Chaka come back. It would be interesting, almost like a. Um, you should almost have like a whole season of just short stories or short films of different of like slices of life around Wakanda. Uh, what different aspects of uh, the society or the country or the economy is doing? That that's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And, and and have each one have its own distinct feel. Mm-hmm. Maybe they tap like for each episode, they tap like an up, up and coming black director mm-hmm. showcase. I think that could be really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, calling it Wakanda makes me think that's sort of the route they're going to go, at least as far as the storytelling approach. Um, just because un- unless that's just a, like a working title and it's going to be, you know, the door Milaje or something like, like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah could be really cool or definitely will be really yeah. cool shouldn't even say good. yeah there's they there there are a lot of creative directions that that a series like that can go in so that wraps up uh the disney plus series and now um, we'll hit some of the the remaining films and there are five left for us to talk about 
Uh, the first being Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is slated to air uh, February 23rd, 2023. So this is our first film of 2023. And this is going to be another wild one, I think. I think so, too. Um, uh, I think this will... Um, I mean, we... I'm assuming we're getting most of the main cast back. So Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, this, we do know that this will introduce Kane the Conqueror. That was confirmed because right. that yep. along with quantum mania, um, it was announced that Jonathan majors would be Kane. So it, I'm genuinely curious how they're going to, introduce kane in this capacity i i have a probably not so bold prediction that they're going to actually introduce him in loki (laughs) though i i I don't the reason i think that is because we got the casting of kang like months Mm -hmm. ago which was pretty early for a 2023 film um i mean we we haven't gotten any casting news for black panther we got kang way before we got I think way before we got like Christian Bale for love and thunder and before we got um, Russell Crowe and, and and all that stuff for love and thunder. So um, I really do honestly think that he's going to show up at some point in Loki, you know, Kang the conqueror, if you're not aware is, you know, his whole thing is time traveling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you would assume that at some point, some version of him has crossed paths with the TVA. Maybe not. I, I'm not going to disagree with your prediction, but I I feel like they're going to at least mention him or at least name drop him in one way or another. Maybe, yeah. maybe we won't see Jonathan Majors, but they'll say, "Oh yeah, that Kane guy. He really uh, he really caused us some trouble back in the day, didn't he?" <laughs> yeah, something like that. I think I think he'll show up in the series. Like it'll be very brief if he does, but um, Kang is the. Kang is to Loki what Mephisto is to Wanda. Right? Oh God! I'm just trying to get myself all worked. Oh, up for don't this. do that to yourself. <laughs> just enjoy it for what I it did. is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, we don't know much other other than um, that. You know, we have our, our core cast returning for this, but also they've recasted Cassie Lang, which I think points to them wanting to use her in a more expanded role with a more expanded and more um, experienced actress. Um. So that you know kind of leads to the young avengers discussion we've had before but i don't have time for that no (laughs) no yeah so ant-man the wasp quantum mania is going to be followed up by a very simple you know nice and calm straightforward film guardians of the galaxy volume three it'll be so slow and dull and boring (laughs) boring i don't and drab (laughs) but yeah i mean this is going to be cap off james gunn's guardians trilogy um he said he's not going to be involved after this so i expect this one to have you know ramifications i've read that it's going to explore rockets past more than we have in the past so that's going to be really exciting um and uh, man i just uh, i've loved guardians films Mm -hmm. i mean if you if you listened last week to our top 12 ranking i i had guardians of the galaxy volume one in my top three so i i love these films i'm so excited to see the finish line here yeah i'm when it was announced that gun was being let go from the the trilogy i was so disappointed 
and I mean, the way he was let go too was a whole different discussion for another day. But when it was announced that he was returning, it was a it was a joyous day in my house. The fact that he gets to finish out this trilogy just makes my heart warm. Yeah, even without Gun, even if it was good, it still it would have. It's not the you same. Always would have wondered what his Volume Three would have looked like, right? So it's so good we get that. And Marvel's had this past of having visionary directors work on their material but never it coming to fruition Edgar <clears throat> right man um but right to see to see somebody who actually is somewhat of an auteur and has had a rocky career uh coming up in i don't even want to call it independent i don't trauma studios is it is its own beast that really uh really lights to strike at the nerves um it was shock. It's it's, it's pretty like that's all that's pretty much it. But to see Gun go from that to headlining a, a family, uh, a four corners franchise in Guardians just yeah. astounds me. And the fact that he's going to cap off this trilogy and then kind of walk away is great in my yeah. book. Um, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait till we start getting casting news for this. Like if we do Adam Warlock or uh, it it. This is going to introduce some cool things. I mean, I know they've talked about, he, he kicked around the idea of using Nova in the past. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we get Nova in this movie, but you know, it, it it's going to be awesome. His casting decisions have been great for all the Guardian mm-hmm. films. So because I did see that news after that. And we don't, we don't have a confirmed release date. We can speculate summer slash fall, uh, 2023. Um, Reed Richards confirmed the fantastic four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> it's about time. Uh, well, yeah, this this has been a long time coming since the Fox deal. You know, everyone speculated on this happening. You know, we always assumed it would be probably around this time. I mean, I, I had assumed this would come before X-Men in, in terms of the, the picking order of the Fox properties. But this is going to be just like cathartic to see <laughs> in a way that we haven't really had since, um, you know, Spider-Man's introduction and homecoming. Yeah. Well, really, his introduction in Civil War. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm wondering if we're going to get any... Um, I, I know we're going to be getting uh, casting news in the next few months, let alone years, but I wonder if over the next few years we'll be getting some introduction or some mention of some of the, some of the core characters in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how hard they want to keep the hype train going <laughs> like like i mean i think you run the risk and feige talked about this with like strange cameos and wandavision mm-hmm. or anything like that that people tend to focus on that and it might overshadow the story they're trying to tell which i think is a very valid well, concern that was the <laughs> because if you if you if you have an episode of she hulk where like johnny storm is a juror <laughs> like no one's gonna give a shit about the or no one's uh, gonna, like no one's gonna care about the episode of of she hulk that just aired you know it's like i i i would like to see it um they i mean they did it before um with you know they built up the black panther a bit mentioning wakanda and vibranium um so maybe they mentioned some fantastic four adjacent things like the baxter building yeah the baxter foundation like you know they they can do things like well i think what's different with introducing t'challa's black panther is i mean to your point of just mentioning the baxter building back in iron man 2 
Wakanda was in the background of a of a map highlighted on a map. So it's it's been in the right. MCU for a, a long time coming now. And then mm-hmm. whenever it came to Civil War, it, it felt like a natural way to bring in T'Challa and T'Chaka and the country of Wakanda uh, to yep. set up Black Panther. Um, and it mm-hmm. it stands on its own. Um, or the, T'Challa's placement in Civil War stands on its own. Uh, you can watch Civil War and not have to worry about what's going to happen in Black Panther. So, yeah, to your point, I, and to Fidey's point, I think, um, yeah, I think now that we're talking about this, having them cameo throughout the rest of Phase 4 is a little um, distracting. And that was mm-hmm. that was kind of the problem whenever it came to Phase 2 and 3 is marvel and dc were building this hype train between each other and we're announcing projects years out ahead of time that we right. knew releases that were coming out that year were going to affect what yeah. was going to happen in those ones so there really were no states at all right yeah now now the the way it can work is if it's an inner like their inclusion is an integral part to the story mm-hmm. And not just meant to be like a moment, like a name dropper or anything like that. You know, if <clears throat> let's say like in in Quantum Mania, if the entire plot is like, hey, we discovered this family that was lost and we have to retrieve them <laughs> from the quantum realm or something, and like like Hank's like my old associate Reed Richards and you know his yeah. his wife and his brother in law, they were all lost in this quantum realm. Like something like that could work. That's that's obviously like a a reddit scripting thing that i just did but you know it's it 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 is basically the way that they did t'challa in civil war right where he he's in there naturally as part of the story like he has an impact on the story he has a place in the story if they set it up that way in quantum mania there's a small chance we're going to get the 2005 fantastic four lineup very well we'll just bring chris evans back to that way Yep, I want it. Let's do oh it. Oh my god, <clears throat> I don't want to think about it. All right, next up. <laughs> so, so following the Fantastic Four, um, presumably, and we don't have a date for this one, is going to be Blade. Mm-hmm. And this is another reboot <laughs> franchise. Um, Herschel Ali is going to take over in the titular role of Blade. I'm excited for this. Um, this one was a brainchild of Herschel Ali, as much as a brainchild as an adaptation can be but um you know he came in and like requested a meeting with marvel studios <laughs> to like pitch that he wanted to do a blade movie and they were like i think foggy said like when mahershaw ali asked you to schedule a meeting you meet with him <laughs> so so uh yeah i mean it's funny because he's already been in the mcu um in luke cage but... that's not really the mcu though is mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I, know I mean, not. to be honest, when you said he was in, in the MCU, I completely forgot about Luke Cage. Yeah. I even forgot um, about Daredevil for a minute. Netflix Cinematic Universe. Yeah. The NCU. Um Yeah. <laughs> and but yeah, I'm I'm he's a fantastic actor. Like, just incredible. He's gonna be so good in that role. Um I don't have a huge history with Blade. I never watched the Wesley Snipes films that were you know around the early two thousands. Well, but... Snipes has already given his blessing on it. Because <laughs> oh, sure. I, I when yeah. when uh, uh Mahershala was announced to be the next Blade people, like that was the first question 
Wesley Snipes draw it was what are your thoughts? And he'd like, he gave his blessing and like, go ahead. He, because yeah. he's talked about once he got out of jail, he talked about wanting to come back and do, and do another blade. So yeah. the fact that he's like, okay, yeah, he, I'll leak and have it. We will just, yeah, I'll let it go. What I hope they start to build to. And like, we, we've talked about, smaller teams in the past like young avengers thunderbolts and like instead of doing the the giant team up movies where everyone's together we do kind of these smaller team movies or smaller series where um you know characters that are more related to each other can can meet up and work but i'd like to see them do something like uh marvel knights or midnight suns i don't know if you're familiar with them but they basically deal with like dark magic dark mystical things um and I, I really like to see, you know, they're starting to lay <clears throat> some of the seeds with this, with Moon Knight, um, both being Blade and Moon Knight, both being kind of related to that kind of dark underbelly of the magical, mm-hmm. magical realms. Um, and Doctor Strange is also a part of that team as well. So, you know, you could see something with that. And, you know, if they reintroduce Ghost Rider, um, could be could be some really cool things as far as like the paranormal goes i think they could do some it's a neat side to the mcu that we're gonna see um you know between moon knight and blade presumably moon knight i don't know how much that's gonna deal with like the supernatural and paranormal type things but um blade absolutely will i mean he's a vampire (laughs) hunter so it'd be cool and then finally to top it all off is the the final film that's been announced um for phase, uh, presumably phase four maybe this is phase five we really don't know much <laughs> but uh we are getting captain america four with with anthony mackie returning to the captain america role as sam wilson yeah. i almost said sam rogers <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting what if <laughs> yeah everyone's shipping stan and bucky or stan and bucky sam and bucky God, i can't even speak sam everyone's shipping Steve and Bucky, but we should ship Steve and Sam. <laughs> I like it. Stam. 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 I like it a lot. Hashtag Stam not Stucky. Let's do it. Let's get that trending. Stam <laughs> not Stucky. Hashtag Stam not Stucky. Oh, I like that. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm really excited to see more of Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, so. I don't know. We we talked about this during our Falcon and Winter Soldier recaps, but I, I just yeah. I mean, you knew this was coming. I was hoping it would be a film and not a not a follow up series, just because I think he deserves that marquee treatment. And I'm super excited he's getting. Yeah, it. me too. Well, that wraps up our discussion of the MCU slate, and it is a big one. I mean, this is presumably takes us into 2024. And it's not a real year. Have, as I mentioned, between if you count starting with WandaVision, there are 30 MCU properties on the slate in for basically four years, you would assume. Well, 29, but we're rounding up with the, well, not to mention all the all the little side stuff that they're coming out with, like the I am Groot series or uh what were some other ones that the Guardians holiday we didn't even mention that. We didn't. I had, we had it on the list. I don't know why how we skipped yeah. it, but um, yeah, that's coming holiday twenty twenty two, and that's about all we know. Yeah, 
it's a, it's obviously it's a Star special. Wars nod. So yeah, there's nothing yep. to go with there. So yeah, we're we're looking at over 30 properties for Phase Four. Marvel has officially become a juggernaut in the entertainment industry, and the fact that they can pump out 30 properties in three years is just mind-boggling yeah and i mean they as far as phase four goes they're off to a really great start with wandavision falcon the winter soldier being very very good very entertaining series do you think legit question here do you think burnout will be possible in the next three to four years not really because i don't they make their movies in such a way and they're going to have to do this going forward even more so is like these aren't going to be required viewing for everybody like i don't think the super fans like you and i are going to get burnt out like we're still going to enjoy it um i do think that there is a risk i mean they're hitting the ground hard with disney plus i mean they're doing five series a year essentially (laughs) right out the gate um i'm kind of surprised they didn't slow that down and do like you know kind of what disney's doing with star wars where they you know they tested with two seasons of the mandalorian see how saw how that was received and then now they're expanding um but i think they're just you know putting all their eggs in people not getting burnout Um, well i think to to that point of the super fans won't get burnout general audiences could um and i i like the fact that you pointed out that it's it's possible that you don't have to see every property in order to understand the rest of the story. That's that's where right. and and I mentioned this in our rankings. That's where Endgame's problem is is that you don't get you could watch Endgame on its own and it might not have the same effect. It won't have the same effect if you haven't put in. Granted, we had years of build up to it. If you don't put in the, right. the twenty two film build up or 21 film build up to it um to understand where everybody's coming from yeah and i would say that even works as like only as a time-based thing like if i if i sat the two weeks before endgame and watched like an mcu movie or two every night leading up to it i still don't think the effect would be that great you might be burned out by the end of Mm -hmm. that like trying to catch up then like being burned out on like a quote-unquote steady release Mm -hmm. And I think it helps that these series are only like six episodes. That too. too. And I, I, when Fountain and the Winter Soldier was being released, there were, there were a handful of people I had talked to that said, I'm just skipping it because it doesn't look interesting to me. And I mean, I would try and convince them like it, there's a lot more to it than the meets the eye. You should give it a shot. Yeah. But they, when I would talk to them about it they just said it it looks boring i'm not interested in it and i feel like Mm -hmm. when it comes to captain america america 4 or any any of these other entries it's true you're really not going to need to see any falcon and the winter soldier to understand what's going on in captain america 4 presumably Presumably. i mean we can unless there's like a john walker presence that might require a little bit of knowledge Mm -hmm so but like if you we talked about it before but like if you look at where endgame left and where captain america 4 presumably picks up you will skip knowing the struggle sam went through to accept the shield but you won't even know that those struggles happened so it's kind of (laughs) like he he became captain america and he's captain america it's almost like it's almost like disney plus is being set aside for the ancillary viewing and the um yeah and the stories that and the character development that obviously need 
r- roughly six to ten hours to tell. Um, but the movies, I mean, you did a story through in two to two and a half hours. Um, mm-hmm. In a way, that's kind of how the comics are structured too. You have these one off. You have yeah. these one offs that are um, that are published every year that have no impact on overall on the rest of the on the rest of a character's arc but it adds to that character's arc right i I mean i can't cite any specific examples but there there have to be some out there right and i i think like the way i look at it is like any impact that a series will have on a film the impact that's shown in the film is going to be something that the audiences will just accept and they're they're hoping that the audiences just accept Mm -hmm. it like when we next see Wanda in Multiverse of Madness, like she's going to be more powerful and she's going to have a new costume. That's <laughs> all the people who haven't seen WandaVision are going to, are going to know. And they might explain that, you know, she has kids and they might be confused about that a little <laughs> bit, but, um, but overall, I mean, I, I think they are so masterful they're going to be able to handle that. Mm. And, you know, they're they're willing to learn. So if they do something that, you know, if they do a film that relies too much on, you know, if they, they roll something out that requires you to have seen Hawkeye or She-Hulk to even understand a little bit what's going on, then you know, they'll adjust that going forward. So that that's going to essentially wrap up our phase four discussion. If you have any thoughts on what you think phase four is going to be like or any speculation on what is to come, you can check us out on social media. Give us a shout out. We'll give you a shout out. You can email us. All of that information will be in the show description. Yeah, we're looking forward to discussing phase five next week. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, but we we are we're getting so close to Loki. I can't wait to start doing these weekly episode discussions again. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it'll be a ton of fun. Make sure to make sure to join us and tune in for that, and you know, let us know what your thoughts are on the series as we go along with it. All right, that wraps up our week. So with that, for Jared, I am John. Have a great week. Bye.